Rick Agnew was a founding member of some of the best hardcore bands of all time, including Social Distortion and The Adolescents. He then went on to join goth punk pioneers Christian Death. He continues to perform live and record to this day. So let's begin. So Rick, what the fuck? How are you doing? Fine, thank you. You're doing good? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So The Adolescents was a seminal, seminal band in the form, I think, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me in terms of making, you know, Los Angeles one of the focal points of, you know, American punk rock. Definitely, you know, and, and, uh, and geez, I don't know, some of those songs, some of the whole thing, let's talk about, how did it start? I mean, where were you? Where were you, you know, you were in Fullerton? Mm-hmm. You grew up in Fullerton? Yes. So there you are, and you started playing, right, with the family at home? Um, well, I, I started playing music when I was in high school. I was in cover bands that played parties. And, you know, it's like a time when there was no original music. So you played, you know, we played like Earl Smith, Queen Bowie, things like that and stuff. And then every, like, p- party band had their, like, one original that they wrote, and it was always just really crappy. <laughs> it was, Play the who, damn it. Who cares about your shit, you know? <laughs> so that went on, and then, like... um was with some friends and we were just getting drunk and I was believe it or not I discovered punk through Hustler magazine. Sweet. I was looking at the back of the Hustler and they had uh, this article about some band called the Sex Pistols and this Johnny Wright guy who hates hippies and that <laughs> like riots break out at their club at their shows and I thought they were like a con- like a western rowdy western band or something because they hate hippies you know I thought they were a redneck band you know <laughs> I had no clue but I loved the look and I thought it was pretty cool and everything and so. You know, just um, you start seeing bits and pieces, you know, around in like rock scene ma- magazine and cream. I, because I've always followed those magazines because of like you know MC Five Stooges and kind of what was going on with the Maxis Kansas City, New York thing, and you know so. And then all of a sudden you start seeing this stuff coming from London and everything, and it was just like, yeah, that's that's what I want to do, you know, because just living in Orange County, it was so it was so suppressed, so conservative, so like. I mean, people would be at parties, high school parties, you know, and they'd just be like, I mean, it's like, come on, have a good time. If you just were trying to be a little crazy or, you know what I mean? Just, they would just like get all uptight and everything. So punk was perfect, man. I just ate it up right away, man. It's just like immediately just spiked there, put blue shit all in it. And so, <laughs> you know, put a white dress shirt and just a box of safety pins and just walk down the street and every piece of trash or whatever I'd find, just safety pin it to my shirt. So, <laughs> awesome. you know, just walk around the streets, just like, you know, somebody, hey, what are you, a fucking clown, a freak or something like, just, yeah, fuck you, you know. Well, it was perfect. It was therapy. So Orange County really is like conservative. You know, at that point, it was very, very much so. You know, now it's it's still got its conservative, you know, underlyings there and stuff. But a lot of people have loosened up, like they have around the whole country. Right. You know, thanks to I would say punk rock and Black Flag and, you know, early MTV. <laughs> and the Ramones. I mean, the Ramones kind of Ramones. fucking broke the broke the ground oh, in yeah. a way. Oh, and yeah. it's one of the things. It seems like those guys came out. And I remember, like, the first time I saw them, and it was probably, like, in Cream, you know? And uh, this is, like, the, you know, mid-'70s or something. And I was playing, you know, but I, I was, like, I, to, to find something that wasn't, you know, the mainstream, 
I first went into like bluegrass, you know, as a young kid, and then started getting into like jazz, you know, to just find, you know, to try to figure out what the fuck is like worth listening to. What, what, you know, what am I trying to get out of right. listening to music for? You know, what, who the fuck am I and why am I here, you know? <laughs> so then I remember seeing a picture of those guys, and they were all like, you know, they had their leather jackets, you know what I mean, and like torn jeans, and they were called the Ramones. <laughs> and I thought, is it a 50s thing? Is this, you know, like the the Shondells or whatever the fuck, you know? And, yeah. And then they went, and then they, you know, were doing this kind of a thing that was like artistically understandable enough or, or like doable enough, right? Where you didn't have to, because the jazz guys were too good. That was like... Yeah. <laughs> that, that was like... Like, you know, I, I just wasn't that, you know, I, you know, it's like, uh, you know, but that stuff was gettable playing wise. And then, oh, yes. you know, they and then suddenly there, you had like these little pockets of stink around the country. You know what I mean? That where a handful of people were moved to suddenly kind of start doing their own thing. Yes. So there you guys were. So there you are in the 70s. Right. And so you're dressing up. And. And then what happened? Um, well, before even the the dressing up and seeing the look and everything, you know, as far as that was for the the look and the shock value and all that kind of stuff. But before that, um, was just like going into Music Box record store and seeing, you know, I mean, going there all the time to buy records and stuff. And that's what like albums were two ninety nine. It's amazing, you know, and yeah. go there buy the Kiss album, the New Earl Smith album, whatever it is. And then they had them like you know on these racks, and it's all of a sudden I see this from months. I'm like, what the? That's like my actual actual first exposure to punk. Cause I'm looking at this, going, what the? You know, and I pick it up and I look at the back and I see the names of the songs and the times. At that point, I was very much into prog rock as well. So, I'm like, two minute songs, what? I don't want to go down the basement. What? You know? <laughs> I mean, this, these titles, what? You know, so I, I got to buy this. I just got it. It was a joke. Took it home, listened. I went like, oh, my God. This is so just moronic. And, you know, I'd invite friends over. we get stoned. and just like, you got to hear this shit, dude. And we just laugh and laugh. And after a while, we'd find that, like, we'd listen to Less Earths for the Queen and putting that album on all the time. And all of a sudden, it's like, fuck, you know, this is really, really good. And just kind of shifted us. So that's how the music part went, you know, basically. Grew into making your own music. So, yeah. Suddenly. Did you find what was really interesting, especially in the earlier times when you would, like, do tours and, and um, like, early, early do tours and, and hit those, like, stink sp spots or whatever you call them? <laughs> Pockets you know? of stink. Yeah, in those, some of those places. And their versions of bands sometimes, what they what they kind of, like, interpreted as, as a punk band or what... You know, like that, like the early stuff that was real inventive and it was just crazy, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely very cool. You know, it yes. reminded me of like one of the kinds of musics that I've always been into. You know, uh, I think bluegrass was like that. Uh, it's like indigenous musics, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Musics that came out of the place that, you know, the people were at there. So influenced in the same way by like just their environment environment or whatever in the same way that like their food was in, influenced by that you know because yes. there's certain kinds of things that grow naturally there you know so suddenly there's these flavors that come out you know these these certain kind of things that, that kind of congeal together into this thing that's so indigenous you know and yeah and 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 it started to happen with punk rock then you know you just like see these different cities and you know and where they were and, you know, what they went through as far as, like, the seasons and whatever, you know, and what the whole city was like in itself. 
and then the bands that came out of them, you know, would be so specific to that region in a way, and yet they were all just breaking out in a way. It was, I mean, it was really cool, and it kind of reminded me, in a way, of our own little youth movement, sort of, you know, yeah. kind of like the hippies, in that, you know, suddenly there was kind of just, you know, this thing that was happening that was youthful, and yet our own kind of a thing, you know, and, uh, and, but it had this fuck you element to it, right, which I could really get down with, you know, because the hippies were, I mean, I dug the psychedelic side of all that shit, you know, but I was not cool, right, you know, and fucking, I, I couldn't get, you know, I couldn't get laid, you know what I mean, so, and, and those people were into free love, and it was like, free love, well, I got free love at home, you know, with, with old Mr. Left and old Mr. Righty, you know what I mean, <laughs> about seven times a day, uh, on an off day, <laughs> you know, so there was something about the punk rock thing that was just a little more of like, I mean, it was just happening at that particular point, you know, and the and the the seven inch thing, you know, to 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 become aware of that, and I got turned on to that mostly by Derek, our our drummer, right, the the drummer that you know my brother Kurt and I started yeah, the Meat with, right, Derek Boscom, right, you know, and Derek was aware of and had all these seven inches, you know, and and it was like, oh duh, you know, you can get records made you know you go to the place where they make the fucking things and you don't have to get a whole lot of them done but you can just do it yourself you know and you can put whatever the fuck on the artwork that you want to or on the out you know on the the paper part of it right you know and and it became apparent that you know that was happening you know so because i never really got to the like the cover band thing you know my brother had you know kurt had, kurt had been in a couple of bands he was in a band called keely at a point there was part of the Ray Andrade orchestras, right? There was like this, it was like a, a you know, like a um, Mexican-American part, of, you know, Phoenix has got a lot of that, you know, because we're from Phoenix, you know? And it was like this whole, he had these different bands, you know, that would play like the quinceañeros, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that kind of stuff, oh, yeah. you know? And then there was like the ones, these are, this is for the kids, this is for the, you know, whoever. And <laughs> Kurt was in a band called Keeley, which is Apache for warrior, or like, at least that's what, it, you know, I was told it meant. And uh, they wore like, uh, like matching blue like vests and blue <laughs> pants. You know what I mean? Like they had this look, and they did stuff like walking in rhythm. You know, stuff like that. And uh, but I never did that. You know, I never, I never did that. You know, so like, first, did, did know, they ever choreograph those guys? You know, <laughs> somewhat. You know, I mean, it was, was kind of in there. It, Kurt got fired, right? Like I remember there was a gig. We we're playing in my job. He had like a a, a, a pol what is it polytone? Is that what it is, John? You know yep. that amp. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And uh, it had a little red part in the middle of the volume thing that you pull up, and that made the distortion go on. So I was supposed to pull that up during the leads, right? And and I couldn't quite tell when the leads were. So Kate, I'd be like, now click. Oh, not now. Click. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're playing. And uh, back then I would be like, but you're not playing in tune. You know, Kurt would like play these leads. And at one point. This, this woman, and it might have been at one of those parties, she was like a kind of a, you know, maybe it was like grandma or something. She comes up on stage and comes over to the amplifier and turns Kurt's shit down. <laughs> <laughs> so far out. I'm kind of sitting there like, and that's my, uh, excuse me, that's my job, you know. So, but I, so I didn't quite get to that. And suddenly, band-wise, you know, like, you know, Kurt and Derek were playing together some and then asked me to, you know, come over and play with them. And it was just like such a fucking a cool place to get to. So, so you guys, so you and your pals are playing some cover stuff and stuff, and then punk rock happens, right? Yeah. And and so, so where are like uh, it's where are the other guys? Tony, and 
That was like in and 70, Steve, right? Those guys. Yeah, right? seventy nine and stuff. Uh, when Agent or- when Steve was at Agent Orange when he was the bass player for Agent Orange. Okay, he was. I, yeah, okay. and then um, we, you know, they did. Uh, we'd go and see their shows, like, you know, because they would play like Hong Kong Cafe. They're, they're, that's where we first saw Tony was at Hong Kong Cafe. He was there, and I mean, he's like the only other kid besides Rick Elric who we see that was barefoot at a show. Oh, you know, man. and he had these holy Jesus stuff, you know, this really ugly blonde haircut kind of thing. And he was like, you know, 60 pounds, I guess. Or something. Right. And he was like the first person we ever seen get it, even though it's not like a really big stage or high stage. But he got on stage like when Adrian was playing and he just like dove into like those chairs and tables there. You know, we're like, what, what the fuck was that? You know, just dove off the stage. Wow. You know, I wonder if he got hurt and stuff. And then uh, he, like, got drunk, and he ended up crawling through him and Troy Ness, Mike Ness's brother. And they, like, they came through the ceiling above the stage. All of a sudden, you just see these legs coming like that. <laughs> so we were just looking at Tony and just going, man, he'd make a cool lead singer for a band, for a punk band. Wouldn't he look at him, you know? I always pictured him just, like, with just jeans on and stuff and, like, his head bleeding and just looking, like, from the mic just with the... He looks like he in his early days. He reminded me of those those um, paintings, you know, with the big eyes. Just kids <laughs> oh, right, eyes. right, right. You know, and just with that look, just all like that. And I'm all like, yeah, that's guy, that guy's got to be in a band and stuff. So when Steve got um, the the boot from uh, Agent Orange, he decided he's going to start a band that was going to kick Agent Orange's ass because he was he's really nonplussed about being kicked out. <laughs> so he got together with my brother, who he knew played, and. And then um, they asked Tony, they go, hey, you want to sing for a band? He goes, I can't sing. And they go, it doesn't matter. Just... It doesn't so matter. Three of them got together with two of their friends, John O'Donovan, who's still playing around like with the Yeastie Boys, that clown band from Orange County. Okay. They all dress up like clowns, and they do like clown uh, versions of like punk hits and everything. They kind of saved punk at Orange County because it was getting really ugly out there, you know, with bands and stuff. And bands were getting like really just... Every band was just testosterone field, you know, jocks and you know, and just the music. It was, you know, kind of like, like that. And then you had these big tree, bald tree trunk guys that would come out there and just beat the shit out of kids, you know, and everything and stuff, you know, those high fivers, motherfuckers. And then, um, um, I'm sorry, I get a little upset when I yeah. think about those. Stuff. And um, so. Uh, Along comes the Easy Boys and just you know a bunch of musicians who just said let's let's dress up like clowns and make fun of the whole scene and yeah it made it all good again and then they kind of diffused that kind of situation slowly but surely made punk rock shows fun again and everything stuff so that was pretty cool but um, I got lost where <laughs> I kind of detoured just then just the be- the beginnings of the band you know how you guys came together oh okay that's right the three of us yeah and then. Um, so John O'Donovan, that's why, because he was the original guitar player. And, and then Peter Pan was the drummer. He got a car accident. Uh, John O'Donovan, just for some reason back then, didn't like me. And, and so I was the drummer. I filled in for the drummer for two shows. And uh, then he said he was good. it was either me or him, so they kicked him out. And then I joined Casey Royer with me, and that's how the Blue Album uh, lineup, you know, you, Steve, and Casey, and Tony. Yeah, and Frank. And Frank was on it too. Yeah, and Frank's your little brother. Yeah, he was a, he was one of the original original ones. Okay, so. so, so I mean, you bring up an interesting point. One of the things that always tripped me out about you dudes, right, was 
and that you know and the scene that you spawned in a way that like seemed to grow out of you know out of you and like and social distortion like you're talking about fucking ness and those guys was that side of shit where it was like jesus fuck man this is a very physical you know experience in a way you know man i'm kind of a sissy you know what i mean in a way you know it was like all right my glasses you know (laughs) my 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 i can't go into the water because of my asthma (laughs) you what my asthma sucks to your asthma piggy Right. You know, um, <laughs> that's a literary reference. You know. It's always yeah. good. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, you guys were like, some of the. It was pretty fucking far out, and and I mean that leads right into one of the one of the great stories that you and I have shared. One of the experiences where I mean the fucking gigs would get nutty. Yes. You know, they would get nutty as fuck in a way. You know, and there were dudes coming out where it was like. It was just physical, you know? And so I'm just going to tell this, bring this up, that Rick and I uh, shared an experience together. You guys played in Phoenix. Yep. And it was at the Madison Square Gardens. That was the name of the place. <laughs> and it was, you know, and it was like in a kind of a seedy-ish part of Phoenix. And it was actually uh, uh, a wrestling ring, you know? Yep. On Friday nights, they had, you know, small-time professional wrestling, right? right? And on Saturdays, because of the connections of the guy, Tony Victor was the guy's name, you know, and he put on shows. And Tony was uh, putting on shows back then, and, and he put them on in this wrestling ring. And you guys came over and played, right? So, and I went to the show, and and it was really neat. I mean, it was a, like a cool little thing to see Phoenix suddenly get to this point, you know. And and then, and then what happened? Well, um, <laughs> we were playing. We. Playing in the middle of the ring of stuff. I've always been into wrestling since I was a little kid, so and I got all excited. Wrestling ring, yeah, right? so it, I was just stoked. And man. it even had it even had a chain link fucking fence, fence in front yeah. of it, right? So yep. people couldn't throw, you know, the beer bottles would crash up oh, against yeah. their all the Blues Brothers and. Yeah, I was gonna say just like Blues Brothers <laughs> totally. shit, you know. But yeah, and then so like on the last song, I forgot which one it was. I just start like you know going crazy with my guitar, throwing it around, dragging it around. And then um, laid it down, and then I start bouncing against the ropes back and forth. I mean, I was in I was in heaven, you know. I always wanted <laughs> to be in a, re- in a wrestling ring like that. So I start doing those, and then I, I climbed up on the um, on the corner, and I like did a what you know one of those like you jump off like that and yeah. bam, out of my guitar, you know, and just like you know, and then I just one two three. I'm like uh, like that, kick the guitar, and then I run <laughs> so flying awesome. through the the ropes, you know, and then <laughs> running towards the, the, the those bleachers they had. Yeah. And um, on my way of running, there was a, bl- a bottle, a glass bottle on the floor. And my f- I swear, I didn't do it on purpose. I mean, it was just there. I kicked it, you know, with my foot running to, you know, and hit, felt it. And it kind of broke along, you know, no harm, no foul. And I just ran to the, uh, the bleacher, sat down. And um, Jay Bentley had came with us from uh, Bad Religion just to, you know, come out for the, the you know, the weekend. And uh, so he was like, we're laughing about it and stuff. And the bouncers start coming up, and they're like, hey, you, come here, like that. And they had these, fuck, you know, these um, batons or whatever and stuff. And I'm like, going, you know, what, what? Like, you know, and it looked serious. So Jay saw that. He leaned, he like leaned over and laid on my lap, like, so they couldn't pull me up. And they grabbed him, and they did a karate chop at his neck and lodged his throat, you know. So he's laying there choking. They grabbed me and they put me in a sleeper hold. Next thing I know, I'm in the back of a truck or I'm being dragged off and I'm screaming and I'm screaming. And 
I'm gonna tell you people. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. You know, and there was a big. I guess there was a big puddle of blood on the floor and stuff. And um, then the, I got taken into the back of a truck, and it was my girlfriend at the time, Linda Omelet. You know, and and our my humble uh, host here, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is it, you have medical. Uh, teaching I, I you know what i i went to uh, phoenix community college and uh and uh it was right around like when we were first were starting and stuff you know right after high school and i'd just like to say at this point that we're being hosted by john and sheena ganham our, our my, and john and i went to high school together one of my old dear pals it was at that fucking show right and uh and uh he, after high school you went to you went to college but I went to community college, right? And, and I actually took an, an emergency medical technician class, you know, because I was thinking, well, you know, what are you into at that point, you know? So yeah. I was like, well, I, I, I want to be the first responder on the scene of fucking horrible, you know. I just I thought it might be interesting, you know. It was kind of an interesting thing to take. So I, I did that, and I actually got certified by the fucking state, you know. I actually went through the whole class and uh, then took, like, the test. I did, like, 16 hours of, of uh, volunteer work in the emergency room so that I could become certified, you know, and actually got certified. But there was once into the emergency room and getting, you know, it's a little hands-on experience with the fucking reality of, you know, what, of, of, you know, emergency, like what, you know, people really getting that badly hurt. I realized that it, I didn't really want to do that, you know, yeah. that much, you know, <laughs> Never mind. but still I've always, I've carried it with me, you know what I mean? Yes. So, so that night suddenly it's like, you know, that punk rock was like, badass the adolescents were sick you know and the next thing i know there's rick from the fucking band and he's bleeding you know you were bleeding pretty good right you got he got doinked in the noodle right he got fucking uh those one of those guys must hit you with a stick right yes so split, split my head open like 13 stitches it was pretty fucking gross it was like you know a pretty good wound to the degree that it, like you know i was like mm, I don't know, time for you know a little triage and the truck was actually my our mom's, my and Kurt's mom's, Vera's, her her Chevy Love, you know. And I just realized, yeah, you needed to go to the hospital, you know. So, I took you to the hospital, and uh, and it was thirteen stitches. Yep. Yeah, sick. So, so so that's what we shared. You were driving. Yeah. Oh, for some reason I thought you were in in, in the in the, uh, the 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 truck bed with my with me and my girlfriend. It was just her back there with me, right? It, uh, no, both. I was driving oh. and I was in the back of the truck with you as well. It was both. I was doing both. No. <laughs> ah, so I didn't hallucinate all that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I, uh, here's the thing. That's a, I, that's a fun thing to I do. I insisted upon doing CPR because I just wanted to. You know what I mean? I just. Just, Can you blame them? You know what I And that's a perfect time for a word from our sponsor. Uh, we're we're going to break for our sponsor. We're we going to break the for our sponsor. sponsor. Get, check this out, Rick. Hey, everybody. It's Chris. And I'd like to take this opportunity to tell you all a little bit about the good folks at Wellspring Collective. If you're searching for a recreational dispensary in Denver, then Wellspring Collective is the place for you. With one of the city's largest selections of edibles and extracts, Wellspring Collective offers a wide range of marijuana products to recreational adults. Their high-quality cannabis products, knowledgeable staff, attentive customer service, and safe, professional environment set them apart from other recreational dispensaries in Denver to meet your buying needs. I invite you to browse through their menu, check out their specials, and contact them with any questions you may have about recreational marijuana. Wellspring Collective is located in Denver at 1724 South Broadway along the stretch of road called the Green Mile. 
That's 1724 South Broadway in Denver, Wellspring Collective, for all your recreational marijuana needs. And we're back. So... So check this out. Here's a pigeon story. I'm going I'm to go ahead and squeeze this in here. So all these fucking years later, I've carried that with me for years. I love that night. You know, I mean, I didn't love that you got, you know, hit like that. But it was just, you know, it was a classic evening, you know. And, and I felt good about taking you to the hospital because you fucking needed to go, right? Oh, yeah. As it turned out, you know. And I just, it was like, nobody else is like, I'm like, here, I'll, let's, let's get you, you know, taken care of. So, so years later, a couple of years ago, it was actually on... Uh, on uh, Mardi Gras, the day of Mardi Gras. So it was Tuesday, because Mardi Gras is Fat Tuesday. A couple of years ago, I was at Trader Joe's in Phoenix, right, the grocery store. And I shop, you know, I go there, you know, it's like, and I'm on the, like, the aisle where there's nuts. Uh, they're great, you know, it's like yep, good enough plug. stuff. Fuck, you know, there's a free plug. Oh, Trader Joe's, you know, with, you know. And, right, so, uh, <laughs> like, uh, suddenly I realized there's this woman in distress, you know, and it's just once again, right? Like, uh, she was an elderly woman, kind of, kind of, kind of heavy set, and her uh, uh, adult son was kind of slapping her on the back, and like, and it just happened all so quick. And I realized, is she choking? She's choking, you know, because they how they give out the little snack or little bites of, of food, right? Uh, so she'd taken something and she'd eaten it, and it was choking on it. And I, I tell him, you know, you got to do this, right? And he tries to do the. They call it the Heimlich maneuver, right? The, the abdominal yeah. thrust, right? And he does that, and it's like, you know, and he's like, oh, and he's freaking it. And he's like, you do it. And I'm like, fuck it. So I get, you know, I tell this woman, I'm gonna squeeze you here. And I give her a good yank, you know, and I'm like, I'm gonna squeeze you real hard. And then she passes out completely out. And this is a woman like in her, you know, definitely in her 70s, if not more, right? And she's just out in my arms. And fortunately, I have my arms around her, so I take her down to the ground, and I ask him, do you know CPR? And he's like, Whoa, you know, and I'm like, well, I do, and I'm going to do it to your mom right now, you know? I'm going to fucking start CPR here. Uh, you know, get the authorities, you know, <laughs> yeah. right? And this is all taking place in a matter of seconds. So I start doing CPR on this woman, and about four breaths in, you know, she fucking, poosh, like, pops like a champagne bottle, and, and out comes, and I get it in my fucking mouth, out comes, like, pizza I bites, you're right? Say that. <laughs> it's fucking insane. <laughs> it's fucking nuts, right? I'm like... Jesus, uh, you know, I feel poof, like a baby bird, you know, just <laughs> being poof. fed by its mama. Upside <laughs> 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 down. Oh, you know, and she, you know, it's, oddly enough, she had fucking dentures. I am a member of the of the, uh, of the, the denture uh, club, the denture brethren of the yes. family de denture, and uh, fucking outcome is this, uh, you know, she, but she expired the uh, what the occlusion, right? I mean, what had been blocking her fucking windpipe was this, you know, pizza goober. That, that I got a little mouthful of and, and, and became, you know, and it was apparent, oh, she's fucking breathing, you know, because she was purple and like, you know, wow. it was nuts, nuts. It, and it happened so, so quickly. So I just managed to squeeze in like this, you know, little bit of a fucking, another opportunity for me to use my fucking uh, EMT training. It's a good thing you went to community college. Oh, or community there'd be colleges like, are a wonderful thing. And, and let's, let's spin into, there'd be no... Uh, Christian death, if there was, or was that after or before? That, that happened after. Christian yeah. Death. Okay. This was like in late eighties, like eighties. Oh fuck no, no, no! When that happened with your noodle? Yeah. No, no, that was dude. That was like eighty two, man. Oh yeah, that's right. It was yeah. when we got back together. Yeah. That's right. You're your, right. Real yeah, early like Jay, on. That, that's when Casey had that that uh, mustard colored truck. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. you're right. You're right. Yeah. So you you moved from My punk rock into a, a completely different type of music. How well, did that happen? Well, because when I got kicked out of the adolescence, I was so bitter and I was so pissed off. Why'd you I'd... get kicked out? Um, How could you get kicked out? 
but because I'd like you know get really angry and like you know throw fits and everything and stuff you know when um I just wanted to be kind of like professional and just you know people were just totally like you'd be playing the Starwood and the whole backstage would be just filled with people and they're just you know and then um my my girlfriend at the time her purse got stolen from back there yeah. and I'm trying to tune and people are bumping on my guitars and you know they were all saying it's okay you know and stuff and I was just getting sick of that stuff so you know finally I would just get up and I would just start you know raging and chase everybody out of the room and stuff and stuff like that I was just getting really angry you know right. so uh, I mean that's basically you know and they didn't want they wanted you to like not have that be a part of it I don't know it's just kind of like a chill you know that all I know is we were, we were getting together to discuss a U.S. tour we were going to do, and it was that was like a false guise. It was to get me there so they could tell me that I'm out of the band. But but and, really, you know, yeah. that's some weird shit like that. Yeah, it's just you know. I mean, it seemed like the adolescence so much a part of the sound was you, you know. I mean, Steve's a fucking sick bass player. Oh yeah. You know, and and always such a trippy vibe, you know, you know, just like like it seemed like a Cali thing to me, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm a little desert. Well, a lot of the hit songs out that the blue album that well the people that are you know like those songs and everything so they were detour songs the band that was in called the detours right. way before adolescence even existed and they were your yeah. songs yes and they were, they were all my songs. songs with the detours yeah okay. and they're my songs okay there. you know i i heard a, i read a quote one time about speaking of hippies and shit you know by uh garcia jerry garcia right there the uh great for the guitar yeah. players right? uh and he's talking about a couple of quotes. One was like, somebody asked him, what, what do you think killed the fucking vibe that was going on like in, you know, in the 60s? And he said uh, a couple of things. One was the pigs, right? And the fucking, you know, the cops. And then the other was like dead weight, you know? Like you're talking about that backstage thing where it's just like everybody suddenly, you know, you're trying to do, you know, the only thing that's allowing everybody to be backstage in the first place is the fucking art that you're making, you know? And, and it had, you know, you don't want to be like too stuffy about it or whatever but you want to do it the way you want to fucking do it you know well, yeah I you mean, know that's it you're... so the other quote that garcia uh, i read about him was uh like those people were questioning property even right you know y you know you say it's yours but but it's also mine you know because of you know because lsd says it is or whatever yeah so he said if you're free to come into my house i'm free to throw you out you know yeah. kind of a thing so just in terms of like coming to terms with this kind of shit so those guys throw you out of the fucking band so yeah basically i mean it was you know it was i guess they they felt like it was really driving me crazy or that you know it was it was just getting really ugly and stuff so they said they you know like me better they'd rather have me as a friend than a band member you know so i mean i don't know what was what you know but I, all i know is i was i was very upset i was very hurt I went running out. It was at Eddie Subtitle's house, you know, because Mike Patton was living there, and he was the manager at the time. But um, um, so I go, I go, you know, running out of the house, all just like hurt, you know, <laughs> crying like a like a little bitch, you know. I mean, it's gonna hurt, you know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Especially because the way they got me there, and it was like it was such a. I thought I was all excited because it was like we're gonna go do a tour, you know. We're discussing the tour. And it's like April Fool. <laughs> That's why, you know, no, it's just kind of a bad taste, you know, no, the way sure. it was done. I felt anyway. Maybe they thought they were doing the right thing. I don't know. But water under the bridge, right? Stagnated. Um, so yeah, after that, I just went like, okay, that's it, you know. 
Because we had uh, played a show in Pomona, and a band that opened for us was Christian Death. And I was like, wow, I wonder what this band's going to be like and stuff. And then when we saw them, it was just, you know, because they had a different guitar player who just kind of basically played power chords. But their look, their approach, the whole, you know, the slower music, the whole makeup thing. And they had this following that looked like people going to a funeral, like about 20 kids. And they, before they start playing, they lined up the stage with um, these lilies, just like a border and stuff. And then also the bass player just starts playing this bass line and the drummer's playing and the guitar player just kind of like sits there and talks to his friend because he doesn't play guitar on the first song. And then Roz was doing the, you know, that song, the Marie that became Bird Offerings. And I was just mesmerized. I'm like, wow, this is cool. Because ever since like Phantom of the Paradise with that band that Beef sang for the right, those yeah, and that kind of stuff, and I always like the Monsters and Adam's Family. I thought <laughs> I always wanted to marry <laughs> horror, you know, and spooky stuff sure. like that too, you know. And then you had 45 Grave was kind of doing it, but they were Phoenix, doing it. Phoenix man, in, Alice in, Cooper, yep, you know? in a campy way though. 45 Grave, even though they're great, and my God, Paul Cutler, you know, yeah, man. Definitely. I am on his dick hard, man, because it was just like, he's he's just amazing. The first gig That's we ever genius. did, first gig me, me Puppets ever played in uh, 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 Los Angeles was with 45 Grave, you know? And uh, it was at this little art museum, like, not an art gallery, art gallery, you know? Like a storefront art gallery that this Asian dude, I can't remember his name, and I can't remember the name of the fucking art gallery or anything, but that was like the first time we ever played out in this town, you know? And it was with those dudes, because the way we got hooked up with Los Angeles, you know, because I mean, I grew up in, I grew up in Sunny Slope, you know, it's like a a part of Phoenix, you know, and it's just, and I'm not cool, you know, I'm not the kind of guy. I mean, I fucking, you know, the closest I ever came to cool was like I made friends with John, you know what I mean? I've like had like <laughs> a couple of friends in my life at least, you know, and uh, the uh, there was a band from Phoenix called the Consumers, who moved out here. Uh, to Los Angeles, you know, back in the and late seventies. They 70s. came and killed. I remember you know? the first time. Huh? Yeah, the first oh. time they played at the Mask, and we went to go to see them. You know, and so there's some band from Arizona called the Consumers. <coughs> just watch them and just went like, oh my god. They're, that's they're fucking evil. You know that still that record. You know, like that. There's an album that exists. All my you friends know? are dead. It's just retarded, and they are most a lot of them are dead. You know, and yep. and the one dude that that like was so uh, intrinsic and like you know hooking us up with like you know getting us out to LA and uh, was David David Wiley you know yeah. the singer from the consumers who went on then to be like with the human hands and yep. stuff right so Derek was cool enough and like uh, to have like uh, gotten in touch with David because they played in Phoenix at this show uh, and uh and, and, and a guy, Bart Bull was the guy's name, was this writer and for the New Times, you know, the Phoenix, mm -hmm. like, weekly, and had said, you know, if you weren't at this show, you weren't cool, you know, or whatever. And Derek got in touch with him saying, what if you weren't old enough to get into this gig because it was at a bar? So somehow they established, like, a, you know, a relationship, you know, just however. And then through that, Bart turned Derek on to David, and they struck up, like, a, a whatever, a friendship, communication kind of a thing. And David was out here in Los Angeles, and when we started playing, Kurt and Derek and I, uh, you know, we would record, you know, stuff on our on cassettes and stuff. And then Derek sent some of that out to David. And through that is how we wound up getting out here at all, you know. And our first gig was with those guys, 45 Grave, you know. Uh -huh. And through David, we met Monitor, you know, the folks in yep. Monitor. And they're the ones who put out our first 7-inch, 
And you, you know? have a song on their album. That's what led to hair. it. Hair. Hair. <laughs> fucking hair. I don't want human hair, you know. You I know. have that album. I love uh, that that's album. That's fucking good shit. Oh, it was so cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Because, I mean, my, my <laughs> the you coolest know. coolest idea to have, you know, to, you have an album and then you give another band a cut to put on. To the, put on, to do their song, like, you know. They wanted it done, you know. I miss like, that kind of inventiveness that early punk did. You oh, know? it was just, really fun, you know. Oh, so those people were so tripped out and fun, you know, and, and like, like, uh, we, you know, they wanted us to do this song. We met them, and that was fun enough. You know, they were a little older than us. You know, they lived in Van Nuys. And uh, they were into some of this shit, like, we were into, like, like uh, fucking LSD, you know what I mean? And pot, you know? So, you know, good stuff, right? The good stuff, you know? Yeah, you know? yeah. PFJ. It's, it's, it's partly our sponsor. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, is it time for another... Uh, no, no, we're okay. not quite there yet. Okay. But, but, I, but I will tell you, the funny thing is, so just just a little plug for what's going on today is a young lady who played on uh, on their song that was on the Monitor record just did the uh, music supervision for the end of the tour movie with Jason Siegel. So it comes all the way, you know? I mean, it comes around. She's not on the song that we did. She's on she, the album. Oh, she's on the album. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. her... Okay. She's not on hair. She's not on that song. But so we record. They asked us to do that re- song here, and while we were in there, they're like, "Record some of your own crap," you know, and uh, and that was those five songs that was our first little seven inch, you know. Mm-hmm. And shit was so fucking arty back then, right? They called their label uh, um, World Imitation, you know, which is fun. And it was that thing that like I was talking about, where you can just go to a place that makes records, you know, and get some records made, you know. And they they'd gotten to that point. So it was so goofball arty and like non fucking, you know, uh, you know, real, non, you know, it was world limitation <laughs> that like the contract that we signed, right? We're like, okay, we're going to sign a contract with your fucking record label. Uh, it, it had two, two parts to it. The first part was uh, whatever the meat puppets say goes, right? That was <laughs> clause one. I like that one. Clause two <laughs> was if any problems arise, see clause one, right? And then we signed it in blood, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> which is like, you know, picking off a little scab or something, get a little tiny bit of blood. We're not talking about actually hurting ourselves, you know, like, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? It was just as, as, as fun and freewheeling as that. And it was because of David and Derek having, you know, been in contact with each other that, that led to that, you know? So, so what the fuck? So Christian death. <laughs> so... Okay, then you so so did you approach those guys and ask them to play? Well, Roz seemed like a fucking interesting character back then. Oh yeah, he he's, he's always, always been an interesting, interesting character. Is she, he is he did, huh? is he pa- he passed away right? Yeah, and then when was it? In ninety eight. Yeah. Did he? What, what? April Fool's Day in nineteen ninety eight. What happened? We're here with Jatan Devon. Jatan. Oh, your fiance. Yeah, she was in she was in Christian Death after I had left. Okay, she joined for. A while and then her and Roz did like an EP together on Triple X Records and stuff. And um, we were friends for a long time. Were you? Yeah. Where's he from? What's his thing? Who, Roz? Roz, yeah. Well, Roz is gone. Uh, Roz but where was he from? I mean, where does a guy like that come from? I mean, Pomona. Pomona. from Pomona, really? <laughs> you know? Pomona, California, just like a suburb yeah. up here. And you know, yeah, his dad was like a hunter, you know, right kind of guy, and his mom was like the mom and Carrie. The movie oh, Carrie. Oh, right, 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 right. Not yeah. allowed to play with your boobs. And stuff. And she oh, was just, yeah. a, no, she was a maniac. She was just like. Like for real? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
or Roger, I should say, you know, so. His name was Roger? Yeah. And he came up with Roz. Roz is a good. Roz Williams, yeah. His real name was Roger Painter. Roger Painter. And he had a brother. Did he have a sister? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sister. his sister. What did he pass away from? He, uh. He died from oh, hanging from Oh, he hung head. himself. Oh, he fucking, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, shit. They actually have, like, the closet door of the closet where he hung himself and stuff in that museum of death on Sunset. Oh, God. Pretty morbid. Yeah, I refuse to go in that place. It's fucked up. Whoa, there's a museum. I didn't even know about yeah. it. There's that, and they got his, his closet door, door in there. Yeah, and all this. You know, it's just a really... Why the fuck did he kill himself? I mean, what the fuck? What, you know, we're talking about, like, the consumers and how many of those guys. David died, you know? Yeah. David Wiley, who we were yeah. talking about. David got AIDS, you know, uh, back, you know, when AIDS was absolutely, you know, you're, you're dead, you know? Yeah. You know? And passed away, I think, in, like, 85. John... Uh, Vivier, the drummer from the Consumers, was also the drummer in the Killer Pussy and the Feeders, you know. Uh, Johnny Precious, he called himself, you know. He's been dead since fucking right back around then, too, you know. And, like, the, their album's called The Consumers Album. All My Friends, All my are, friends dead. are Dead, yeah. And wh wh what's up with that, you know? Because those guys were kind of children of privilege in a way, you know what I mean? They weren't, like, you know... I don't know, like har hardcore privilege, but at least like, f so, you know, somewhat stable-ish kind of shit. But what the fuck? So self-destructive, you know? But Roz killed himself? Yeah, he was in a really bad place spiritually, mentally, well, physically. Basically, if you, if you know the lyrics that he wrote, he was right. quite a writer. I mean, it was a struggle for him to want to be in this world, really. Although he enjoyed it. He enjoyed sharing his art. But, you know... There's he something was, he was kind of tortured. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's By weird. Life. It's weird how that that fucking tortured side of shit brings out such groovy. Like, I mean, the guy was cool looking. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he's cool idea. That one hairdo where he had like, like a bunch of hair over here. Yeah, and, the, and the, the, the little tiny bit over here. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like about that long and blonde. And blonde, and yeah. it was like that was styly looking shit. You know? He so, started a whole trend of that. When we, yeah. When we oh, no, I mean, Christian death like birthed goth in a way, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, there wasn't. just kind of started the subculture, the subgenre. I mean, and all, like, what the whole idea when I joined was, like, you know, to emphasize even more so for what they were doing and stuff. Like, you know, all the way from, like, just. It was just like my thing. Like, I got kicked out of adolescence and that's punk rock. And I'm sick of punk rock anyway. So, fuck it. We're going to do everything that's, you know, the opposite of what this like testosterone-based punk rock is doing, kind of thing and stuff. So we do the makeup, you know, and you know we'd be very like you know androgynously sexual and stuff, and and played slow and just like we were gonna make the punks just hate us and want to kill us, you know. Right. And that was our mission, basically. And instead, everybody start you know they, just, they got they, into it. Yeah, and there's there's like and they all got into that place. A bunch of grew and grew, and it was just and like, look what it's grown into. Yeah, it's, it's like look at how popular like you know like uh, vampires are or zombies. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, that kind of shit. And you Bauhaus know, can still tour, and you know, actually, Christian Death still tours, right? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, a version of it. Form of it, yeah. yeah. Form, yeah. form of it. And then you wind up singing with them. I sang, yeah. Um, Roz, I sang with Roz and two. Oh, <laughs> I sang with Roz and two albums, <laughs> Catastrophe Ballet and Ashes. Okay. After. Um, he, he just wanted a whole different one to go for a different sound, and I guess you had left anyway. Yeah, I left. So I I didn't really know. I had been in another band, an art punk band, and called um, Pompeii '99. Mm, sweet. And we were playing in LA, and Roz came to a record release party, and he really liked the band a lot. We did shows with 
guys, Rick and I didn't even know each other or yeah, talk. I was really shy. And I didn't really meet her until like five years ago. Yeah. And yet we were in the same. Yeah, we crossed paths for 30 years, yeah. or 35 years, kind of whatever. Trippy. And now you're engaged. No, yes. Oh, ain't love grand. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a brief. Uh, for uh, another grand thing, motherfucking marijuana. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. a word from our sponsors. A word from our sponsors. Wellspring. Hey, everybody. It's Chris Kirkwood. If you're searching for a recreational dispensary in Denver, then the right place to check out is Wellspring Collective. Wellspring Collective's high-quality cannabis products set them apart from other recreational dispensaries in Denver to meet your buying needs. Browse through their menu, check out their specials, and contact them with any questions you may have about recreational marijuana. Wellspring Collective is located in Denver at 1724 South Broadway along the stretch of road called the Green Mile. Wellspring Collective, the place to go for all of your marijuana needs. Remember the fucking nig heist? Yes. You know what I mean? Because you guys were in the thick of that shit, that, that punk rock shit, where you had dudes that were, it was just like, hey, fuck off, man. Just quit running up on stage and running into me, you know? There was a night up at the Mabuhai. Remember the Mabuhai, right? Oh, we were yeah. playing, and this little fucker kept bouncing off me, and I'm just like, um, you know, I was a scrawny little fuck, but I didn't, I was still just like, I'll poke you in the snoot, you know? And this kid, I'm like, hey, dude, one more time, man. And he, boom, and I'm like, fuck you, and I got him, right? And I chuck his ass real good, right? Like, fuck you, right? And then I realized, God, he's about 12 years old, you know? It's so awesome. But, uh, you know, th there was that whole side of it, you know? And uh, and you guys were, like, in the thick of it, in a way. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Where it was, like, just that going off thing. And so was Flag, you know? And and I think the Nig Heist was a response, in a lot of ways, from Black Flag to that, you know, uh, insistence on... Uh, are you recording? Are we recording? Are we recording? Okay, cool. That insistence on, like, uh, you know, we're going to have things our way. And it was just like, hey, fuck you, man. I didn't get into this to fucking do things your way, you know. I'm fucking doing this because, uh, you know, because of me, you know. And Flag was so central in that same way that, you know, and you guys were right up in there, you know, and, 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 uh, and uh, the, you know, the heist was kind of a response to that in a lot of ways where you're actually kind of goading those people, you know. Oh, and, yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, yeah, they got, I got uh, somebody recently gave me a picture uh, from a Nick High show, you know, and Muggers like got the wig on. Totally. And he's just like he's standing there. I think he's just got like a, a leather strip around. It's his. a fucking. It's a. It was a dildo holder. Oh, okay, that's what it is. It's a yeah. little buddy that helps you hold the dildo <laughs> yeah. on, right? And he's got his junk pulled out through it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yes. awesome. Uh, I got a picture of that, huh, honey? Mugger, Nick Heist with the wig and his dick all hanging out. Yeah. We played with those dudes one night. This is uh, I've told this story before for people that have already listened to the show, but I'll tell it again because it's a fucking good one. We're playing at fucking uh, um, at a uh, uh, this club up in Denver, the Rainbow, and it was fucking um, oh shit, what's his fucking name? Anyway, so uh, those guys play right, and the promoter it was this guy that was like a big promoter in the Southwest. I'll leave his name out of it just for legal reasons, anyways. And he's pissed, right? Because they, they're, they're, you know, Tom Tricoli would play fucking naked, you know? Yeah. And, and it was actually it was actually Chuck. It was actually Dukowski playing bass, right? But it was Tricoli with his dick out, right? You know? And and uh, and Davo, Klaassen would play fucking, you know, the fucking uh, drums. And, there's, and, and, and Billy would play guitar. It was sick, right? And they're playing, you know, they're, you know, she's got a tight little pussy. You know, this is like, you know, not necessarily, you know, it was purposely fucking goading these fucking yes. people. So, uh... Uh, 
the promoter's pissed and he's backstage yelling at us. We're going on next, right? It was us flagging them. And he's like, get these guys off stage. And we're like, we ain't got nothing to do with this, man. We just fucking, you know, we're just playing some, you know. And so next thing you know, that dude calls the pigs, right? And Mugger and uh, Tricoli get arrested for, for simulating butt sex, right? right? <laughs> they fucking, the pigs came and they arrested those guys, right? So the, the capper to the story is the next day in the paper, it says, last night at the Black Flag show, Black Flag's opening band, the Meat Puppets, were arrested for simulating anal sex on stage. <laughs> it's so badass. We're like, okay, we didn't get arrested, and yet we still get the kudos of having, you know, simulated a little bit of ink. anal sex. Oh, yeah. all pre- all, all and, press and no, you press. have not told that story before. I haven't told that one? No, this is a good story to tell because we have not heard that one. And uh, ah, classic shit. And you know, in our response, in a way, it wasn't necessarily a response. It was our insistence on doing the art that we wanted to do. Right? We made Me Puppets one. We made that seven inch, you know. And then we made Me Puppets one. Uh, and then, and and that was like, uh, you know, it pretty screamy. You know, kind of kind of screamy, a little bit fast. You know, and whatnot. But we still put some stuff on there. You know, we put a cover of Tumble and Tumbleweeds on there. We did yeah. a song. I, we got it from John. We did Doc Watson's fucking uh, Walking Boss. We got that off of you, you know? And, uh, you know, so we were speaking to the, you know, the direction that, you know, we were possibly going to head in as just one of the directions that we wanted to go in. But definitely Me Puppets too, though, was way slower, you know? Oh, yeah, way, yeah, you know? yeah. I got and, all three of those, by the you way. Know? And, so. and, 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 and that was our, like, thing where it was just kind of like, well, we're going to do what the fuck we want. And here's the other one real quickly, and I've told this story before, I think. One night we were gigging with Flag down in San Diego, and I found a fucking leather jacket, right? Because I'm not cool enough to have gotten myself a leather jacket, you know what I mean? But I always hoped that one of the punkers would leave one of their leather jackets, and that night they fucking did, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm like, check this shit out. Who's as cool as fuck, right? And I'm like, you know, I got my new leather jacket. I'm like, yeah, man, but I still got my glasses on. You know what I mean? It's still just like, I'm just not really cool, but I got a leather jacket, you know? And uh, it's me, uh, Rollins, Henry, right? And uh, Joe Carducci, who worked at SST, you know? Right. And we're just hanging out oh, after the gig, talking out in the parking lot, and this fucking punk rocker kid from across the parking lot yells at Henry, Rollins, you sell out, you know, some shit, right? Flips Henry off. Henry goes, excuse me, right? And, and <laughs> That's right again. Oh, so badass. <laughs> and he bolts across the parking lot and just smashes this kid, right? And it's like, oh, fuck, you know, I, I'm going to start lifting weights myself, you know? <laughs> and, and he gets this kid and he goes, you got something to say? Say it to my face, right? And it was like, oh, that's so badass, you know? <laughs> and he comes back over to us and he goes, I hate it when that happens, you know? <laughs> it's just so cool. And I'm like going, ah, this is one of those moments. I'll, I'll, hold, I'll keep this with me. But it was that, just that side of shit, you know? Where, you, yeah. know you know what I mean? And so you fortunately are you're cool enough, you're far enough enough, far outy enough or whatever, musical enough to be able to fucking suddenly go into this other thing with Christian death and make that music, you know? But, yeah. uh, so, but in there as well, you made your own record that you played everything on. Yeah, all by myself, yeah. yeah. All by myself, and you played all the shit on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of those songs were, um, were going to be like for a second adolescence album. That's, what, you know, so about four or five of them. And so after I get kicked out, I was just like, you know, okay. No, Do it myself. These are my yeah, songs now. Somebody, oh, it was uh, John Lee, this guy that had a record store in Buena Park, called up another octave. Real supporter of the local scene and the... 
the music and the kids and everything and stuff. He was really, really great. He got assassinated in his own record store. And Fuck. Yeah, they, they think it might have been a, uh, what do you call it, a mob job because uh, it was just like right in the middle of the day. He had like, you know, seven holes in his head. I mean, God. it was just while the business was open and his girl, you know, his girlfriend found him. It was like oh. sad. And that, that ended that. He put out an album cup up another octave transmission, only charged a buck six for it and stuff because he wanted to get the people out there and stuff. But I'd go there all the time and talk with him and stuff. He'd give me discounts, and we'd just talk about things. He'd have bands playing his in, in his store. His name was John Lee. And uh, he, you know, I was telling him, like, oh, I'm trying to get a band together, and I got some songs and stuff. And he goes, you know, Alex Gibson put out an album where he played everything on it. The B guy, people. Uh, Alex, yeah, Alex Gibson. He was in 45 Grave for a while, too. Um, but he did, a, he did a solo record. And um, he played everything except the drums. And so John Lee goes in, you know, you ought to do one of those. He goes, you play instruments, right? Guitar, bass, keyboards. Uh, yeah. And he goes, and you can drum. So you ought to do the whole thing. And I thought, okay, cool. So I, I called up Lisa from Frontier and I go, I want to do an album where I play everything. Is that okay? She goes, okay. So boom, you know, just went in, did it in three days. Um, working a full time job, had to go back and forth to Sun Valley and stuff. By the time on the third day when we were mixing, it was just like, I was like, <laughs> 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 I was done, I was done deal, you know, so, but it was interesting. I started out with the drums and I, all the drum tracks and did all the bass tracks and all the guitar tracks, you know, then keyboards and vocals. And, and that is the side of things that the one side of the, all of this shit, you know, all, all this fucking stuff that we've been through and everything that I fucking really find that I fortunately I really feel you know glad about you know that I still dig the fucking musical side of stuff you know what I mean yeah I still love having a guitar in my hands mm -hmm. you know you know what I mean just that that the feel of the fucking thing and how the strings are kind of bouncy and they they give you things sometimes you know oh, yeah so presently I have a solo band that I'm doing with I do a lot of the songs from those albums and my hits from the adolescents it's kind of a retrospect of what I've I like to call it a retrospect but uh man copyright and so um yeah it, it, it's pretty good you know and we're, we're working on a new album right now and uh toured last summer toured with it yeah toured last summer not toured with it but just toured last summer um, I also do a band with, uh, well, it used to be a couple of the original Christian Death guys, James and George, but George lives in St. Louis, so it's too far for him to keep going back and forth. So it's me and the bass player, James, Casey, Chaos, who was in a band called Amen, um, and he played Christian Death bass for a little bit when we couldn't find James. You know, it's just that clusterfuck kind of ancestral thing that the music scenes always do. Yeah, and then we have this drummer named Haas, and we're doing a whole different kind of new thing, too. That's kind of, it's hard to describe. And then the, what's really even harder to describe is the band that <laughs> I've, we're doing, uh, Jaton Damon Quartet. We played last night at the Echo, and it was a pretty good show. And that's um, her singing, myself on guitar, and then we have this girl, Deb Benham, who plays keyboards and does this backing track thing. And then yeah. Paul Rosler plays it in band, too. Oh, oh wow. Oh yeah, he's he's yeah, we love him. He's we live really close to where his studio is, and so he's in the band too. And it's just like it's it's I don't know. You describe Paul, it. Well, Paul told me last night that um, this this man was talking to him, and he had been sober from hallucinogenics for twenty years. I'm sober from hallucinogenics. And he, and he said, <laughs> "Fuck that." He said, "That don't happen." He said, "He said that he got the same 
The same feeling. The same feeling. From right. our music. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. He said that he felt like he'd taken a dose. It's very mantra, very kind of just like it just goes it It's just really goes intense. Crazy. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, just, it's pretty crazy. So you're at a fertile point again. Oh, very. Right? And we ain't kids, very. right? We ain't yep. kids, you know? We've been at this for a second, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. And now you got some love in your life, and you're playing together. And music is still happening. I don't know, it's fucking it's tripped out shit. Health know? together, you know. Healthy. I mean, yeah, at one you point. You went to a period of unhealthy. Totally. Oh. I was at one point. I was like at, uh, up to three hundred and fifty pounds. Sweet, you got now me. I'm beat. just above two. I I I, I, I peaked know. out at about three twenty-five. You got big too. Huh? Ah, dude, a fucking hog life. Really? Hog life. Huh. <laughs> 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 but but three fifty. I my hat is off to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about three, but but you know, three twenty-five, and you know. Yeah, uh, it's 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 horrible, isn't it? It's, it's no, like, it's, it's delightful. I mean, you know, because <laughs> you like big, big like that. Oh, I, I like putting food in my mouth and making it. <laughs> well, I like that part of it. You know, I just didn't like the results. You know, <laughs> is that what does that? Is this it? <laughs> all, all the other things you were doing too, you were really true. Like like yeah. math. And yeah. <laughs> chemistry. Yeah, and now, and you know, and me, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's one of the things coming into you know talking with you about this stuff is just like you know how we've lived our lives through playing you know just being ourselves and whatnot and i and i found out that you you know mm. one thing that you did you know you got chubby right you know oh yeah and uh, chubby is, is very kind definitely you know remember that shit ain't it fucking <laughs> I was badass oh I was, me too I was a hippopotamus, oh, yeah. right where your belly like you know oh yeah you know where you're over here your dog is like laying in your lap and it's about four feet away yeah right? <laughs> you're trying to lay down on a towel on the beach and people are trying to roll you back in the, <laughs> the, the ocean you know <laughs> <laughs> well, you own, yeah, you own your own zip code. You know? <laughs> okay, that's you. When you lay around the house, you lay around the house. <laughs> Standing on a curb, and the cops come by and go, break it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, he's got a bunch of them. Keep it going, keep it going. How about your teeth? You still got all your teeth? Bust it out, my brother. Bust it out, my brother. <laughs> All right, now th this is a little <laughs> sidebar here. What we're, what we're seeing is Fuck a, yeah. a double... The double denture is that, brigade. Is that, a, is that a bridge or dentures? It's a the bridge bridges. over troubled fucking waters is what it is. Okay. <laughs> All I have is my canines. Ah, okay. Luckily, so... Well, right the fuck on, man. Here's to you. Here's to you. <laughs> Cheers, my brother. And here's to Dr. J, who did a great job on me. He's, uh, he's kind of like the dentist uh, to, the, to the punk rockers. Punk rock and dentist. Yeah, it's a punk rock dentist. He's really, he's really good, good, good. Yeah, Don Bowles. That dude. rules. He did yep. Don Bowles? Her. Yeah. He has a dentist, too, that oh, helps yeah. him out. That, I mean, it's so cosmic got, because no. there's a fucking dude in Phoenix. Uh, this guy, uh, Kelly Cook, is his name, Dr. Kelly Cook, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I wound up, you know, I got, sh I, you know, I got, had to go to prison, right? I got oh, shot. You what know? was that whole story? I heard that story from Jeff Crawford was trying to explain it to me. You know Jeff Crawford, right? Yeah. Bohemia music. <laughs> and he was saying something about that, that you were in the post office it's and something lies. and you got shot, it's all shot by a, a cop or something it's and that you're in a wheelchair? It's all lies. Can you believe That's what I heard. I'm all like, oh my God, poor Chris. None of it's I was true. ready to go out and just go like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's all, it fucking happened. I mean, I was, I was, I was working on my size, right? I was thinking about four, four and a half. I wanted to break the quarter ton mark. You know what I mean? So I was putting in the time. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it really happened. I went to the fucking post office. I, I, you know, I was out of it, like pretty fucking out of it, you know. And 
I'd fucked everything up for the band. You know, just just that thing, you know, like you're talking about, like how those guys were able to throw you out of the band, you know. And my band was me and my brother in a way. It was kind of like, you can't throw me out of this thing that, like, just grew out of it. That's you what know? especially like, hurts when it's a brother in the band that, you know, and they, they're like, et tu, Brute? Mm-hmm. Et tu, you know, and, and like, but, but, I, I mean, the band had, we didn't break up or anything, but I mean, it just had, you know, couldn't keep going because of how I'd gotten, you know, and, and uh, it was in, uh, Oh, three, you know, and I just went to the fucking post office and this stupid thing in the parking lot happened with this woman. Nothing, you know, just nothing. Just like, you know, beep, beep, uh, you know, and she was like, bah, 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 and I was like, fuck off, you know, and she got the um, security guard uh, who then, you know, was like, bah, 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 and, um, you know, and my girlfriend, Ruth, told me, you know, you know, you should split up because I was on probation at the time, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I should fucking leave, you know, so I started to go out of the post office and the, this security guards follow me and says some shit and I turn around and I'm like oh fuck you too man you know and then it was a baton it gets all the way back oh, look at the circle is unbroken it gets back to this fucking guy's got a baton right and I'm just like you know I don't know I think I punched him I'm pretty sure I fucking clocked him right because suddenly there's blood and uh and him, him with his little stick, like, hit me, you know. So I took it away from him and belted him a couple of times with the fucking baton, right? And I'm like, mm, fucking hit me with your stick? Ah, you know, tasted your own medicine, right? And then I was like, and I was fat, right? And here's the, the, the plus side of being a big fat fuck, right? Is that <laughs> as I, I, I shove him away from me, and I'm like, you know, what are you going to shoot me? You know, and I turn around and I, I continue to try to leave, and he fucking shot me in the back. You know? So, so it did. Wow. So Yeah, that's about what I heard. Yeah. And that's I mean, you know, so boom, I'm on the ground and it's just like, Jesus fuck, you know, you shot me, you know, and and, and he had. And, was this uh, last name Zimmerman? Yeah, it, it was something <laughs> like that, you know. And uh so you know, since it was the uh post office, it was a federal situation, and since I'd taken a stick away from him and hit him with it, they got me with, you know, assault, right? So I had to go to prison on that. Even though uh, he shot you. Yeah, a, yeah. That was like, that's what I heard, yeah. that was secondary to the situation, you know. And, and it's always eating my girlfriend, Ruth. It's just eating her up, you know. She made me go to lawyers. She, you know, you know, induced me to try to, like, follow up on it after I got out of prison. She wanted me to fight the fucking thing. And I knew I'd lose, right? Because I did take a stick away from him and belt him a couple of times with it, right? And I did fucking clock him in the noodle. I took his glasses and hit him with those, right? And suddenly it's like, ah, the Kravi, the red, you know, right, 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 right. Out comes the blood, right? And I'm like, oh, God, you know, I'm just trying to do some, uh, you know, some mailing bullshit. You know, I still have the same fucking post office, like postal, post box. I go there all the time, you know. Yeah, I do. And after 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 this incident, they they pulled the armed guards out of the fucking place. There's no longer guards at the thing, you know. But so, did you tell me that there were only two places that had armed guards? Did I say that? No, I don't know about. Someone told about me that. that there was only a couple, and Phoenix was one of them. Uh, they did we, we, we don't have armed guards here at the post office, thank goodness. Uh, they um, did there that day, definitely, you know. And uh, but since they, you know, they do blast me, right? And uh, so I got to go to the fucking hospital for a while. And I still got the bullet in my spine. It's nuts, you know. I, I, I'll show you the. I'll show you. Uh, look here. Let me show the. Let me show the listeners my bullet hole. All right. Can you see it? Here it is. Whoa! Look, look closely. That's quite a bullet hole. Thank you. Thank you. Very much. You know, it's so cool that you know, to see you at a point that I mean, I managed to get there as well. You know. Yeah. Where, you know, come back to like you know. Playing again, you know, yep. and, and 
you know, walking. You know what they I mean? They call us La- Lazarians, like Lazarus, you know. Oh, fuck, back, back from, the, from the fucking Phoenicians. Phoenicians. You know? Uh, uh, uh. Yep, Let's go jack bro. each other off. <laughs> the Venetian handshake. <laughs> Ta da! Another Chris Kirkwood podcast episode in the can. <laughs> Speaking of in the can, did I ever tell you about the time I got shot in the butt? <laughs> and that's a wrap. That was awesome. <laughs> but it is so nice to say thank you. Grazie, grazie. No sound is heard from Unit 2 Where there was once so much to do was once a green mansion And now it's a wasteland Our days of breakfast
Did you ever like NWA? What's that? Did you ever like NWA? I did. That movie is amazing. Is it a good movie? Oh, I want to. Yeah. I desperately want to see it. I just haven't had a chance to. I am one of these people. I, I made a movie years ago called Athens, Georgia, Inside Out with R.E.M. and the B-52s. It was about Athens, Georgia. Oh, awesome. I was more of a college radio guy, but, of course, R.E.M. was always very good about dragging along the meat puppets and the Hoosker Doos and the Minutemen along with them, so I knew people from that part of the world as well. But I, I was... I got addicted to K.A.'s. Do you remember that? In probably, like, 1988... It was a station, and I don't. I think it's still around, but they played old school and and hip hop, and that's the first time I ever heard. I heard Easy E on the radio with Roger and Zap, and then they were doing yeah. Straight Out of Compton, and but like Young MC and uh, Bismarcky, and I was just like enraptured. Like, and I I knew like Run DMC, and I'd heard, you know, um, who did the message. Grandmaster Flash. But yeah, I just remember the first time I heard NWA, just that voice and everything. Was, yeah. And plus, I lived in Los Angeles, like you. I yes. mean, I, I don't think people still, I, I think, and I, I've heard the movie does a good job of this. I don't think people know what it was like to live under Daryl Gates. <sighs> like, it was a police state, and I don't know if you're old enough. They, they used to just surround punk rock clubs, too. And beat the kids up for just for the just for the kicks and giggles. Yeah, our shows. And, and it's like you, you'd go down here, and it's like you'd come out, and it's like, oh my god, was was the entire LAPD out here? And I was fortunate because I worked in the film industry, so I would dress fairly normally, and I would go. The kid with the mohawks down there. Um, I was just walking through, like you know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> please, Mr. Officer, don't beat me up. I I will tell you where. There's there's a young man <laughs> over here. He's got a germs T-shirt on. You should beat him up. Um, I'm joking. I know. You go traitor. Benedict Arnold. But NWA was like they were revolutionary. Man. Yes, they were. They were. They were they, it was a very exciting time. And then when the fucking riots started hitting, it was just like here we go. <laughs> but just like it's funny yeah. because, and I did not know kind of the history at the time. But Easy E had this weird voice that just like pierced, and it just worked with what they were doing. And it's like I remember when he did like I think one of the first other songs I heard was like Boys in the Hood, and uh, you know it was like there are a few things that I like stick out from that period. And um, you know I was telling my friends about it, and they're like, "What, huh?" But yeah, N.W.A. is great. Yeah, they were amazing. They. I I always felt like they were kind of like the West, you know, the, the U.S. West Coast version of the Sex Pistols, but the real deal. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, I mean they yeah, they weren't fabricated. Like the, the Pistols were basically like the monkeys, as far yeah. as put together. But then they just like the monkeys, they became their own yeah. entity and their own. Yeah. Like they, they yeah they ate their master, you know, so to speak. <laughs> it's pretty well, amazing. The, the funny thing is about like if you really think about it, like. You know, putting the like Easy E was quite the maestro of putting all those people together. And the funny thing is, did you know he was? I think he's Charles Wright's nephew. Do you remember Charles Wright and the 103rd Street Rhythm Band? They're the ones who originally did Express Yourself. Really? And then when they used Express Yourself, they didn't have to go far because that's his uncle. 
That's why that. Okay. Yeah, that, and they were they were like a Watts band that had a bunch of hits, not a, like uh, huge hits, but Express Yourself yeah. was the biggest one. That's his nephew. Ah, I remember so, as a kid that song. Yeah, I was wondering why they did. I mean, it was kind of like weird. You know what I mean? It, it was always kind of perfect, though. You know? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Once it yeah, yeah. sank in, so just like Easy E's voice, very. First time or two I heard it, I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, and then all of a sudden it's it was just like, like, it's infectious. It's just so infectious. Yeah. Who, Easy? Yeah. Yeah. That's but, a great bass line. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, you know what's funny is, years later, I had this girlfriend that I was with. The Easy E. First time I heard that shit, that smoked my shit. I heard it out here. It was uh, Rich Ford. It was a guy that worked at SST. And, uh, it was like went by his house for some reason. He lived down there. That was like, I don't know, it was like Reseda or something. I don't know. Anyways, and, and he put that on, and it just, I was fucking floored, you know? It was just badass. Because I thought Dre was sick, you know? Just fucked off cool grooves, you know? And then like, oh, God, because remember, L.A. was spooky back then, you know? <sighs> it's more chill now in a way. It is very much more. You know? Isn't it? It's, it's but much that, more chill. Let's get into the show huh? and talk. Let's talk about this right off the top. 